Welcome to another inspiring message from John Cameron, Senior Pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire and empower you. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. If you were there in every sentence, shout yes! That's convincing. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth, the truth of the gospel by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, They neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. So their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Furthermore, just as they did, sorry, verse 28. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they might, so that they, so that they do what ought not to be done. My problem in reading this passage is that this is the 2011 translation of the NIV, and I memorized this passage from the 1984 version of the NIV. So every so often, it changes it a little bit and creates confusion in my small mind. God help me. Amen. Verse 29. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, and no mercy. No No understanding, no fidelity, no love, and no mercy. And verse 21 is the passages through the verse of Scripture in the middle of this amazing chapter that caused us to come up with a series of messages that we're launching today entitled Thought Apocalypse. And in verse 21, it says that although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. So their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they knew God, They neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. So their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. In the first half of the first month, first week of this year, I was on holiday in Mount Monganui. And while I was there, 
read this verse of Scripture, read the entire chapter, and in the middle of my reading, read verse 21, and was struck by a simple thought, that the God of the universe is after my thoughts. God wants my thoughts. When I began to realize that God wanted my thoughts, I'm telling you, something began to happen in my life. I was sitting down, I was reading this passage, I was looking out the window, I was thinking about the day that was to come, reading my scriptures, just finished having breakfast. Jillian was on her way to the cafe and back with a couple of coffees to get our day going. When you've got children, you need coffee just to get moving. Every parent said, amen. And as I read this verse of scripture, Something happened in my heart that happens every so often when you're reading the Bible. If you've never read it, you may never have experienced it before, but we call it like an enlightenment moment, an awakening moment, when suddenly the words of the page become alive in your heart and you know that you're not just reading a book, but that the God of the universe is speaking out of that book straight into your heart. And the thought that came to me as I read these words, that they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile. Their thinking became futile. Their thinking became futile. I became awakened to a simple thought that God is after my thoughts. You know, more than anything else in life, what defines us as people is the thoughts that we think. What makes us unique? What separates us from being the same as everybody else that we know? The differences amongst us have to come back to the way that we think. The thoughts of a man's life make him the man that he is. The thoughts of a woman's life make her the woman that she is. Our thinking defines us as people. I believe with all my heart, God's more interested in the thoughts that we think than the things that we do. Jesus said, you know, out of the heart, out of what's inside of you, out of your thoughts come all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not the stuff that comes out of you, but the thoughts that are inside you that really mark you as the person that you are. And God is after our thoughts. This verse, verse 21, is so challenging because it's talking about a generation and it says that their thinking became futile. In other words, we all have the opportunity, every single one of us hearing my voice tonight, no matter which or I service you're in, we all have the opportunity to think. And the way that we think is either gonna lead us in a positive or in a negative direction. It says about this generation that their thinking became futile. The word futile literally means to be empty, to be vain, to be foolish. That the way that they were thinking was empty. They were thinking about a lot of stuff, but their thinking process wasn't moving them anywhere. I don't know about you, but I reckon I have wasted months, if not years of my life, thinking about things and the thoughts that I was thinking didn't change anything that I was thinking about. Worrying about things, being consumed by things, doubting God, questioning my own confidence, not sure whether things were going to work out, worrying thoughts, tormenting thoughts, fearful thoughts, all kinds of thoughts, anxious thoughts, bitterness thoughts, all kinds of thoughts that plague our mind. And the Bible says that it's possible to fill your mind with thoughts But if your thoughts aren't captivated by God, if your thoughts aren't thinking the way God wants you to think, you can spend your lifetime thinking and all it's gonna achieve is futility. Your thoughts are vain, empty and foolish and God's saying, no, I want your thoughts. At the beginning of the year, this is what captivated my life was in 2013, God was saying to me, to John Cameron, I want your thoughts. 
I don't want your thoughts to be vain. I don't want your thoughts to be empty. I don't want your thoughts to be foolish. I want to bring life to your thoughts, freedom to your thoughts, hope to your thoughts, potential to your thoughts, promise to your thoughts. And God's saying to each and every one of us tonight that He wants our thoughts. You know, it's so easy in life to live without the right kind of thinking and therefore to not live the right kind of life. God's got a purpose for every person in this room. Every person in Christchurch, every person in Hamilton, there is a purpose for why you are here, a purpose for why you're alive. You're not an accident. Many people think that they're just kind of here by chance. Somehow it's just, you know, random, you know, amoeba and, you know, monkeys and off we come and here we are, some distant cousin from a chimpanzee and, you know, we're just all kind of this one big set of random. I'm so grateful that I know that there is a creator to this universe. Purpose in every life, purpose in every day, purpose in every person. There are no random people, no, no leftovers. God never made a mistake. God never looked down and said, whoops, really stuffed up on that one. Hope I do a better model next generation. God looked down and said, you are exactly the person that I want you to be. You're right here in the right time that I wanted you to be here. Your life is brilliant. You are special. You are unique. You are talented and you are breathed by God. But the reality is that if we're not living with the thoughts God wants us to think, we can be right here, right in the placement of God, but without the right thoughts, not live the right life for God. So we're challenged by the Scriptures that we have to put God in His rightful place in our thinking so that we can bring an end to our futile thoughts. This is the great challenge of our generation is that for so many of us, so often, the way we're thinking, it's like what we're seeing is not a life filled with promise, not, not opportunity, not favor, not blessing, not, not something great that's just around the corner. What we are seeing so often is the end of the world. I mean, you know, you talk to people today and it's like, <gasps> my cell phone didn't charge last night, you know. My friends won't be able to text me. Therefore, they won't love me. Therefore, I'm going to, you know, and there's something like it's the end of the world, you know. Oh, you don't understand. You know, my parents are broken up. It's, like, oh, it's the end of the, you know, it's like, and everything is the end. You know, you don't understand. I come from, you know, whatever suburb. And, you know, and we're, everybody's got a reason why their life is worse than, oh, man, you, oh, that's, that's your story, but mine's worse than yours. You know, and then we got, we all got a story. We've all got a challenge. We've all got a disaster. And then we've got a thousand TV shows devoted to amplifying our dysfunction. We should call reality TV dysfunctional TV. It's like we're on a mission to find the weirdest people that normally you would never ever hang out with. Put them on a massive pedestal that they should never be on. And then compare our lives to the dysfunction of theirs. No, don't, no, stop it. What's wrong with you? God wants us to live a life that's not filled with futile thoughts. We can pull everything down by trying to just lower everything, lessen everything. We live in a generation that for so many, the great sickness of our age, the great malady, what rips us off is living with what I call a thoughtpocalypse. You know, the word apocalypse literally means, you know, to see the end of the world. Apo, to see, collapse, collapse, apocalypse, to see the end of the world. And that's why we call in the series Thoughtpocalypse, because for so many people, the way they're thinking, it's like everything 
is the end of the world. And God's saying, no, don't live your life that way. You don't have to live your life the same way that everybody else is living theirs. You can change your thinking so that it's no longer futile, but you can live in a different way. When you read Romans 1, I'm reading out one verse, but the reason why I read out the passage is you begin to see that we are living in Romans 1. So many people are living their life as slanderers, gossips, malicious, you know, just no respect, no sense of commitment, no sense of really on board with a greater purpose. And we are trapped in futile thinking. But God say, no, don't live that way. Live a different way. Live with a new kind of thought. Live bigger, live larger. God is after our thoughts. Depression, anxiety. Looking at your own self-image, feel like you're not tall enough, skinny enough, brown enough, wide enough. I don't know. Anxiety, suicide, state of melancholy. These are the diseases of the Western world. Not a disease born of poverty, but a disease born of an affluent society. We are without question, the most prosperous generation in the history of the world. And I know that even here in New Zealand, we've got challenges. That's why we're feeding children breakfast every day as a church and committed to feeding more and more and more and more because no mouth should ever be hungry in this great nation. Yet my friends, at the same time, this is a prosperous land. I mean, people today are like depressed because they've only got an iPhone three. Are you joking? You have an iPhone 3. I started a ministry before there were even cell phones, let alone iPhones. We're a prosperous generation. We have abundance. Fast growing, the number one killer in our nation is soon gonna be obesity. Hello. That's like the opposite of starvation. We are a prosperous nation, yet somehow in the middle of it all, in our Western culture, more people taking their own lives, more antidepressants, more people getting diagnosed with different conditions. And the reason why is something is going wrong with our thinking. And I put it to you tonight that the problem is that in the middle of all the blessing, in the middle of all the stuff that God has blessed us with, we've lost God in our thoughts. And that's why at the beginning of this year, I was so captivated and I'm praying that over this series, Thoughtpocalypse, that all of us would be captivated by one simple thought. God is after our thoughts. You know, when God is absent from your thoughts, it's everything I've described. But you know what? When God is present in your thoughts, it's a whole lot better. Romans chapter eight, verse six says, the mind of sinful man is death, futile. It's just, everything's bad. But the mind controlled by the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit is life and peace. In other words, man, there is one pathway that leads you in a pretty melancholy direction, but there is another pathway. When God has access to my thoughts, they're not futile, they're alive. And God say, man, I want access to your thoughts so that I can give you the kind of life that I want you to have. Oh man, at the start of this year, this is what captivated God, my life. God is after my thoughts. God is after my thoughts. God is after my waking thoughts, my sleeping thoughts, 
my reflective thoughts, my planning thoughts, my dreaming thoughts. God is after my, my thoughts. He wants to be present in the way that I think. He doesn't want me to think and then have Him as a tack on. Jesus doesn't want Christianity to be about the fact that you came in here on a Sunday, can say hallelujah, know how to jump up and down in the praise pit. For some, they need an aerobics class as well to keep it going. He wants our Christianity not just to be about, you know, the people that we hang out with, but about the thoughts that we're thinking, about the pattern of what's going on in here, about what we let rule us, about what we let come alive in us. God's saying we can defeat the thought apocalypse. You don't have to live with futile thinking. We can give God our thoughts. See, it says, although they knew God, see the word know, to knew, they knew God, they know God. It's the same word when Mary, the mother of Jesus, said to the angel, the angel said, don't be afraid, you're gonna have a baby. <laughs> you know, if you're 14 years old, an angel turns up, you're engaged, not even married, you know what I'm saying, you're, you're a virgin. Here comes this angel and says, don't be afraid, you're gonna have a baby. I mean, you know, angels are confusing beings, but... Mary's answer to the angel is to say, how can this be? I do not know a man. It's the same word, know a man. In other words, I've never had that kind of intimacy. The Bible says they knew God, they knew Him, but they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. And this is the thing, is that when you and I stop giving thanks to God, things in our lives, we don't live the way that we want to live. We don't live the kind of thoughts that we want to think. And we're plagued with things that God never wanted our minds to be plagued with. And He's saying, man, it is time to give Him back our thoughts. They neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. In other words, they just stopped thinking about God. And God doesn't want us to stop thinking about Him. He wants to be present in the thoughts that we think. Now, the reason why I'm preaching this message to you tonight is not just because I read this passage of Scripture in the first week of January, but because when I was 19 years old, I went to a conference. It was kind of like a RISE conference. A whole lot of people, a lot less people, in fact, less people that are in this room here in Wellington, let alone the people that are hearing me in Hamilton and Christchurch as well. But I went to this conference and Winky Prattney preached on revival and I just got set on fire for Jesus. I just wanted more of God in my life. I got awakened to God. And then I began to take this passage of Scripture, this chapter, the entire chapter of Romans 1, and I began to memorize it. And over a month, uh, I think about the month of November, standing at a bus stop outside the Pullman Hotel just off Shortland Street in Auckland, waiting for the bus to take me home, every single night for a month, I memorized another verse of this chapter. By the way, memorizing a chapter from the Bible is easy. Say the chapter out loud three times every day. Then pick one verse and read that one verse out loud three times every day. The next day, read the chapter three times out loud. Next verse, three times out loud. Every single day, do that. And how many verses there are in that chapter, you'll pretty much know it off by heart by the time you get to the end of that process. Five minutes a day, you can memorize chapters from the Bible. But I'm here to tell you that I stood outside in that bus stop with a little printout back in the days of dot matrix printers. Anybody old enough to remember those? Dot matrix printers, bring back the dot matrix. The only place you find them these days is in the chemist shop. 
and I memorized this chapter. You know what, I wasn't just memorizing a chapter, I was giving God my thoughts. And not just this chapter, but the times of prayer that I spent over those months caused something to be awakened. Isn't it amazing to think that I lived my life for four years working at an insurance company? I mean, pushing pieces of paper, trying to get people to upgrade their insurance on their carpet. Oh man, you really need more cover on that carpet. You need replacement cover on that carpet. You know, wear and tear, carpet does break down. You wanna make sure that when you get it, you're gonna get the best when you get it, you know, next time. Oh my gosh, have you thought about all the, have you thought about how much your curtains are worth? I mean, most people underinsure their curtains. I mean, you know, can you think that for four years I devoted my life to getting people better cover for their curtains? Going nowhere, living nowhere. But then I began to realize that there was a greater purpose for my life. Began to take these thoughts and channel them towards God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time memorizing His Word. Something came alive in my life. And man, then I began to realize that I was on this planet for more than curtains and carpet. I was on this planet to do something for Jesus. Man, I'd pray and I'd see stadiums filled with people. I saw high schools being won to Jesus, saw shopping malls, saw a revival, saw New Zealand covered in fire, knew that God was gonna do something great with my life because I took these thoughts and I just turned them to God. See, I don't know what you think you're on this planet for, but I know that you're on this planet for more than you know now. And if we would take our thoughts and turn them to God and say, man, you don't need us. See, stop focusing on whether you've got the right shaped nose. (laughs) I'm 40 years old. I woke up yesterday morning with a pimple on the side of my nose. I will probably have pimples. I don't know. I don't know when they stop. but you can spend your life fixating on things that you're not even gonna change and don't disqualify you anyway. You can live your life thinking so small. Jesus put it this way, he said, why do you worry about your own life? Man, if you spend your life worrying about it, you can't even change it. Look at the birds of the air, they're not stressing, but look at them, they just enjoy, they got a song. I mean, you know, life's pretty awesome. He said, you're worrying about whether your clothes are cool enough. Look, I can clothe a lily in the valley with better clothes than you can afford at your favorite shop in town. He said, man, stop living small. Give me your thoughts. See first the kingdom. Get a bigger gaze. Elevate your life. We need to stop thinking so restricted, so small. See, man, when you're not living for God with your thoughts, everything's tough. The world is against you. Your parents didn't give you enough. This is wrong. That's wrong. I will never, if only. But when God gets your thoughts, now you start thinking about, hang on a minute. If Daniel can survive a lion's den, I can survive my school. You start thinking, man, man, if Esther, if Esther could rise to be a queen in her generation, then so can I impact this nation for God. You start saying, hang on a minute. I'm not a worthless nobody. I'm not a left out. You can throw what you want at me, but God put me here for a reason. And you know what? I'm not a nobody. I can change the nation. I can impact the school. I can affect the generation. 
Oh man, oh man, being a parent is not a chore, it's an opportunity. Ha! Praise God, yes, let's change that nappy. But you start realizing, hang on a minute, God gave me a seed of destiny. Who knows what might become of this child? They could change the world. They will change the world. Why? Because we just dealt with our thinking. God wants our thoughts. D.L. Moody said, the world is yet to see what God can do with one person whose life is fully committed to Him. Imagine, imagine if God just had every waking thought that you and I think. Imagine if we stopped letting the devil spend so long in our minds, kick him out. The Bible says the weapons we fight with are not carnal, but are mighty with God for the pulling down of strongholds. We take captive every argument, every pretension, and we make every thought obedient to Christ. The next time you start feeling defeated, despondent, discouraged, realizes that you've got to diss the disses. Despondent, discouraged, dis, you know, disappointed, whatever diss is coming into your life, diss the disses. Tell the disses to get lost. But don't be discouraged, be couraged. Don't be despondent, be that thing. Come alive. Believe for more. I thank you, God. How's Job? Naked I came, naked I will depart. The Lord gave, the Lord take away. But may the name of the Lord be praised. Oh man, you can't get a guy like that. You can't kill a guy like that. Why? Because his thoughts are obedient to God. Paul and Silas in the middle of a prison cell in the middle of the night, they're gonna get killed in the morning. They just got whipped. Whipped. Ouch. And they're in a prison cell in stocks. What are they doing? They're not letting the devil just run rampant, not having a little pity party, not getting down and moping. No, they're saying, man, I praise you, God. You let us share about you with people yesterday. Some of those people found you. Oh man, my back hurts. This cell sucks, but you are alive. You're using my life. And man, you know what? The literal chains that bound them were broken from them. I'm telling you, you can break the bonds that hold you. You can break what shackles you. You can free your life from what rules you. Let's give God these thoughts. Devil, get out of my mind. Whoa, I'm preaching myself excited. See, God is after our thoughts. He's after our thoughts. They neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. Glorify, thanksgiving, glorify, thanksgiving. Put it in another word, worship. See, I want you to know, church, that what God's literally saying is, take your thoughts and worship me. Worship me all day. Worship is not just when we're singing, you know. Jesus, Jesus, all I want is to be like you. I mean, that's great. Sing it with your mouth. Sing it corporately because it's so powerful when we worship together. But worship, worship, it's about an inclination of the ear. It's about a bowing of the knee. It's about a posture, not even a literal knee. I'm talking about just waking up and going, Jesus. Worship. 
See, when you think about it, really, if worshiping God, if, if giving God our thanksgiving, glorifying God, if having a life that's in a posture of worship causes us to not live futile, but to live knowing that God could use us, then you could say that worship, worship is the ultimate utilization of the mind. It's about taking a life that is filled with potential. And that's what the series is about. It's helping you and I to understand that our lives have potential. And when God has given freedom to use our thoughts, then man, He can drop something in your life so great and so big, it'll blow you away. And all He's looking for is for us to turn our thoughts towards Him. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him turn to God and God will have mercy on him. To our Lord, for he will freely pardon him. Isaiah 55 verse 7. God's saying, give me your thoughts. And from the beginning of the scripture to the end, God is saying, man, I want access to your thoughts. So I want you to know tonight, church, that God is after our thoughts, but so is the devil. I mean, you know, every time you feel afraid, Devil's going, brilliant. Let's let them just meditate on that fear. Let's blow it up. Let's magnify it. Come on, let's, let's just pour some stuff on it. Every time you feel, you know, those thoughts in your, in your mind about what's hurt you, what's embarrassed you, living it over and over and over again, all those things, all the degrading moments of our life, all of the bitterness, all the stuff that's gone wrong. The devil's like, brilliant, because he's now trapped us in a thought-pocalypse. And all the time, the God of the universe is always speaking, looking for people who are gonna dial in. We can, listen to, we can listen to hurt FM, pain FM, despondency FM. It's playing country and western music, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Hurt FM. I don't know if heaven is where I want to be. There's too many happy people there. I'd rather spend eternity in oblivion where everyone's sad and no one seems to care. I mean, you know, that's, that's like, that's heard of him, right? Right? It's true, right? The problem is, it's like heard of him has spawned a legacy of FM channels. Do you know what I'm saying? And God's got His channel. And His channel, you've got to look for it. You've got to want it. You've got to decide you're going to go after it. Jesus, no, no, not listen to that hurt, not listen to that pain, not listen to that negativity, not listen to that despondency. Come on. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. The greatest battlefield in all the world is not out there, but in here. And God's saying, man, it is time to bring to God your thoughts. Philippians chapter four, verse eight, check out this verse. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. God's saying it's simple. Is it those things? Is it true, pure, noble, right, lovely? admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. If it's not, get it out of your mind. Live alive with some great thoughts, some real thoughts. 
When we turn our thoughts in this direction, God's saying, man, if you think about what's excellent, if you think about what's praiseworthy, then you're gonna be inspired. You're gonna be lifted. You're gonna be strengthened. Change your thoughts. Romans 12 verse two, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. In other words, I don't know God's will for my life until God has my thoughts. If I haven't dialed my mind into Him, I'll never know what His will is for me. And that's what I'm trying to preach in this series is that God's got a great plan for every life, a purpose for every person, a destiny, a reason why you're here. And He's saying, if you would give me your thoughts, then I can begin to show you what I've got for you. He's looking for people who are gonna dial in. The band can come and join me up on stage in every center. You know, back in the days before you had, you know, data on your phone, back in the days before they invented broadband internet, we had a thing called dial-up. Bring back the 56K, baby. Anybody here remember when it was like something like 16.6 and then it went to 28 and oh my gosh, we've got 56K. If anybody under the age of 25 ever tried using 56K, you would honestly manifest a demon, I'm telling you. You might think that you're 100% Christian, all under control, but let's put you trying to download your favorite site, YouTube, that'd be awesome. Let's get you little youngsters trying to watch your YouTube clip on 56K. I'm telling you, it'll bring the devil out. But you know what would happen? What would happen? This is awesome. This is awesome. That is what we used to do. We used to, we used to get on, we'd plug the modem into the phone, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm pointing at the elevate section here in Wellington. I just got to educate them. So guys, there was once a time... I know, I know, the adults over here, yeah, stay with me, I need to, they need to know this. There was once a time where you could be on the phone or on the internet, you couldn't, you couldn't do both. How did you cope, exactly? And teenagers didn't have cell phones. <gasps> You, you plug it in, right? Then you press the button. You know what I mean? It'd be like this. <laughs> Sends out this crazy signal. You know what I'm talking about? And, and while it's done. <laughs> what do you get? Like a, like a dolphin, you know? <laughs> what you get here from the other end was a dial zone. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Threw that in for free. Then it would pick up, you know. I can't remember what the name of those providers were, but anyway, Telstra Clear. I, I don't know. It would you know, pick up. And then you'd hear like, And you one will be like, 
eyes would end. Suddenly right there, right there, at 56K. Before that, it had been just me. Just me. Just a little old me with my little computer. My knowledge. My understanding. My experiences. What I know about life. But suddenly, all of the learning, encyclopedias, websites, volumes, blogs, information, access, and all of the knowledge of the world came right to me where I was in my little lounge room. So I want you to know that what God's saying is He's saying, man, you can live with your own thoughts offline, trapped in your own paradigm. People hurt me, just disappointed me, didn't go so well, all these setbacks, pressure from school, things that I'm carrying, stuff in my life, marriage breakdowns. All we're living with is that. But when you start taking your thoughts and you start saying, God, I put you, you're above, you're greater. I worship you. They neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. Stayed offline. But the moment you say, God, I'm coming online, then you're sending your signal out. It sounds a lot better. It's not, sounds a bit more like Jesus, Jesus. All I want is to be like you, Jesus, Jesus. All I want is to. And the hurt's still there, and the pain's still there. You didn't get teleported, you're still living in the same house. Still got the same problems, still got the same bills sitting on the kitchen table. But your thoughts just got turned to God. And God's saying, man, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is my will for you in Christ Jesus. Because it's going to take you from futile. It's going to take you from small. It's going to bring you online. It's going to give you access to the power of God, the victory of Jesus. Death is your sting. Death is swallowed up in the victory of Jesus, the God of life, the God of promise, the God of hope, the God of eternal encouragement. Come on. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and John Cameron, go to arise.org.nz or follow them on Twitter at John Allen Cameron and at Arise Church.